Hello and welcome to a TNC podcast. It's a massive one today. I am uh, really super pumped to uh, be getting stuck into this yellow and green conversation. A man that plays an integral, vital part in our 2021 title winning season. Some people call him Jordan Hugel, but we don't. We call him Hugels. Jordan, how are you doing, mate? How are you settling in at the Millers? Fill me in. Yeah, really, to be fair, I'm really enjoying it. It's, uh, it's a good opportunity, really, for me to go and play football again. So I'm actually yeah. really enjoying it. And the lads are brilliant. The manager's really good. And I'm, as I said, just enjoying being back out on the pitch. Nice, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what a superb club to join, by the way. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Rotherham myself because um, of uh, Paul Warner, who of course, is a massive Norwich City fan. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll have a, a great time at Rotherham, which we'll talk about later on in the in the podcast. Jordan, when we have these conversations, we, we always start at the beginning and we, we feel that that's important. And I want to ask you about your sort of thoughts and feelings as you first arrived at, at Norwich City back in August 2020. Um but particularly like the feeling around the club, because of course we'd just been relegated at, at that time and you'd just left West Ham. And yeah, how did you feel about, about that move at the time? To be fair, as soon as I think my agent mentioned to me that Stuart and Daniel wanted to meet me, I kind of got excited by the fact because I knew I knew I do my research on most of the teams I joined anyway. So I knew what was there, I knew what was like who was staying and what was going on. So it kind of just got me excited and ready for the fact of moving. Because my initial plan was to, yeah, played a few minutes in the Premier League with West Ham. I wanted to get to a team that could then take me back to the Premier League. So when Norwich came knocking, I was like, oh my God, yeah, straight away. And, and was there a relegation hangover in the air? Could you feel that? Or was it actually optimistic straight away? Um, Not that I detected anyway. I think when I... When I first came in, I think it was, I think because of the character that I am, I was, I'm constantly looking forward anyway. So I wasn't really bothered about what had happened. I was joining on a fresh, so it, I, I didn't really detect that from the lads anyway. Good to hear. And um, what one thing I, I need to tell you about, speaking of West Ham, is um, I spoke to um, a certain Mr. Robert Snodgrass prior to this conversation. Good old Snoddy. Yeah. Um, who, uh, this, could anything, this could be anything. It could be anything, but he's been nice, Jordan. He's been nice, I promise you. And I, I want to specifically ask you about the sort of, I guess, the pressure, because you'd gone from obviously playing a few minutes for West Ham in the Premier League to all of a sudden you're given the the, the, the Norwich City number nine of, of course, um, famously worn by Grant Holt, an icon, a, a, a legend. And when you signed for Norwich, I vividly remember Snoddy WhatsApp me straight away and he said, Revo, you have just signed the next Grant Holt. So what is your take on that? And, um, and did you feel the pressure of having that number nine shirt or... Uh, do you know what? I think when I, I can vaguely remember a conversation I think I had with Stuart Webber and I texted him saying, is your number nine free? And oh, I really? It's something that I do, like, I've done before as well. I remember I joined uh, QPR, I did the same thing. And then I think with Norwich as well, I texted Stuart Webber saying, look, is your number nine free? I want it. And he was straight away, yeah, yeah no problem, saved it for you. If you don't ask, you don't get right. And, exactly. Shy Burns getting out. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> did, did you feel that? Did you feel the pressure at all? Like because you've obviously gone from not playing at all to all of a sudden you're thinking, "Cool, blimey!" Like this is a big opportunity. I'm wearing the number nine. Or did you just sort of get on with it? I kind of just got on with it. I know that. I, to be fair, I was coming off the back of one of my best seasons I've had in the championship, so I was my confidence was flying. So I was. I was looking forward to wearing it and just looking forward to being involved in play. Absolutely. And that, that season was obviously epic when, when you when you joined Norwich, the 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 championship title winning season. And 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 how how was that for you? Because that must have been really weird because of course the, the fans weren't there, right? So how was that? And also, again, speaking of that word pressure, was it easier, dare I say, to play without the fans? Because certainly now, when we're as of recording this, there's almost this this carrot intensity about the place. So did you just play with freedom that season? It was it was kind of a bit of a bit of yes and no, really. I think 
yes, in terms of we were free to do what we wanted down to a T. Obviously, you're seeing that if fans sometimes get on your back, then you maybe want to change it and you want to try and progress things a bit quicker. So we were free to do what we wanted to do at our own pace. But no, as in you had to kind of create your own motivation. So, like, I mean, I know that that title winning season when we had no fans, I'm screaming from the bench to try and get boys to like shouting at people, man on, like, and stuff like that, because there was no other atmosphere that was in the stadium. So we had to kind of create our own. It was, it was just, it was absolutely bonkers, wasn't it? And, and I guess what, what, I guess people don't hear enough about this, Jordan. I have to ask you, who were the catalysts? You speak there of what you were saying from the bench. Who were the catalysts sort of behind the scenes in terms of, you know, leading the charge in terms of the 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 team morale and who led the changing room in that season? I'll be honest, I think there was no real like full on like this one person. I think everybody inputted to because everyone wanted the same thing. So everyone was had their own input, everyone listened. It's a it's a brilliant changing room to be in, by the way. And everybody, it's not like clicky at all. Everyone's on it together and you can go from some like going from someone to have another conversation with somebody else, you bounce constantly bouncing off each other, and I think that's what we were very good at, especially yeah. that year. Well. Even this year, when I was still there, we, we everyone just bounces off each other, and it's, it's a great group of lads. Yeah, I can imagine that, and that that showed on the pitch. To be fair, mate, didn't it? Because we were just yeah. some machine it, that season. Some, so good. Absolutely mad. And 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 speaking of machines. If you could hop in a time machine now and go back to one single moment or, or game um, that season for yourself, Jordan, what would it be? Um, Excluding the, the celebrations, because I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. The For me personally, that year, I'm going to say... There's probably two. There was, I think the Rotherham game was a turning point because we, we were off the back of a quite a few results that we weren't going our way. And I think it was the start of the season as well. So we were kind of finding our feet a bit more. And I think to get that win as well, that was last minute. That was brilliant. And for me, another one I personally was probably Bristol where I scored two. Yes. That was, that was just a nice little highlight for me. Absolutely superb. Yeah. And and we'll talk about your game time in a, in a, in a minute, mate, but um Go on, we, we should probably talk about those celebrations, shouldn't we? Really, we we should come on. Let's 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 get the boring that's the boring stuff done. Let's talk yeah. about what we really want to hear now. So tell us an untold story from, from the 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 title winning celebrations because it, it was certainly lively and, and on the scale of Stone Cold Sober to Kenny McLean, where was Jordan Hugill? Probably top end. Kenny McLean. Wow. Not, okay. I don't, I don't, not as much as that. I can't do that. The lads all, the lads all have me off saying that I, I'm not I'm not the greatest drinker in the world, which I'm not. I can hopefully admit that I'm not. But, um, I think we had... So our target as a team that year was 90 points. We hit 90 points. Good as done. So we played... So I remember we played Derby. And then from Derby game, we were celebrating like we won the league. And really? Games to come... And I, I just think we we had we were probably every weekend from that derby game we were having a, we were having a celebration do. Oh, that's absolutely superb! And do, is is there such a thing of you having beers on the bus? Does does that happen? That happened after the after the derby game yeah. we all, as I said, we hit ninety points, and then we because um, obviously nowhere was open. We had the we we had the training ground, so we had the. Um, Training ground was a bit of a mess. Okay, right, good. We'll, we'll maybe, uh, maybe I won't, I won't probe on that one too much. But to be fair, John, it was pretty obvious because I, I forgot the game afterwards. <laughs> Bournemouth at home or Watford, where I'm pretty sure that you were all still half cut. Uh, which one? Which one? Because um, we had one. We had. Well, does it all just blur into one, Jordan? Because you all turned it all turned into one. Um, we play. I know because we played them both, Bournemouth and Watford. So we had. We had one planned at the training ground with like the wives and the girlfriends and stuff, and that got cancelled because we got beat. Oh right, okay. I can't remember which one that was. Yeah. And then we had one at the stadium as well the, for one of the games. Yeah. Brilliant. 
I, 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 I remember a video was leaked. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, Daniel Farker singing, uh, singing, singing a lovely song. Um, so that that was a bit of a mad one, I guess. I was on I was on the mic most of the night singing. <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a singer in the lot, and then we had load, we we had a few, and it got to like later on, and the uh, guy was the guy was like, "Oh look, I'm finished now. That's my set done." And like you just you just play the guitar, I'm coming on the mic, and I was singing all night. Brilliant. Oh, hey, that is super. I hope your I hope your your voice was okay back then, because um, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> If it was anything like your voice that you had for uh, Connor Southwell's uh, interview with you the other day, then uh, I, d- I do fear for the ears in the room. It was all right. Well, when I was singing, I was fine. Well, I thought I sounded fine. And then I heard a video back that one of the lads recorded. And I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and a go-to karaoke song, please, Jordan? Uh, well, a bit of everything. A bit, bit of everything. everything. You could just bit go for everything. anything. Yeah. I like the bangers. I like the ballads. You back yourself. Love that, mate. Love that. Um, let's let's change the emotion now. I have to ask you because it, it, it's important to do so, and I hope you don't mind me asking, Jordan. Obviously, the conversation is around the lack of game time. You know, especially after you left. Oh, you know, it's a shame that Jordan didn't get more game time, etc. But specifically, what I want to ask you about, Jordan, is like. How were you man managed there by both Daniel Farker and and also then later on I guess Dean Smith? Like, how did they, how did they both have conversations with you around that? Um, I kind of so the first time was with obviously with Daniel, wasn't it when we got promoted, and we just signed Sarge. We just signed Sarge, and I, I just remember having a conversation with me. He's like, yeah. Oh, Look, I look, I know how important you are to like the lads and the changing room and stuff. He's like, but it's just not fair on me to to like keep you here if you don't like when you're not going to play. And I'm like, oh, well, understand. And, and to be fair, I, I've always had a good relationship with Stuart as well, and Stuart kind of echoed the same thing. So, as I said, I, it's one of the reasons why I've had a lot of clubs is that when I'm told that I'm not going to play. That's fine. I can I can play somewhere else, which is why I, I went on 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 because yeah. At the end of the day, I started my career late, so I, I just want to play football. I want to play as much football as I can in the time that I've got left. So it was kind of one of them, and um, with it wasn't really Dean Smith that did it. I mean, it was more David Wagner where he was the one who told me I could leave this time, and it was the same, just honest and right. And everything, so it was. It was kind of. It was. It's kind of refreshing when you just get honesty. Yeah, and of course. Honesty, you, know, you know exactly where you stand, and you can't. There's no arguments. It's like black and white, isn't it? So you can't. Yeah. You can't really decide against it. So, so there was never a situation, Jordan, where you know you're you're having. There's there's a consistent run of games where you've not been on on in the team, and the classic saying is, "Oh, he'll be knocking on his door." Did you ever knock on the door of Daniel Farker? Did you ever knock on the door of Dean Smith? Or was it very much them to you? How, how does that work? I'm quite a forward person. Okay. So or, you were actually so you were kicking the door in. Not, I, if I need to knock on doors, I knock on doors. I've got no no shame or I'm not scared of doing it. I've I've had that conversation many a times. I mean, I had it quite a few times with Dean Smith. I've had it, I had it with um Daniel Farker. If I'm not, if I'm not playing, the thing is with me, I, I've got a feel as well. I've earned the right. Yes. You can't go knocking. You can't go knocking on people's doors when you've done nothing. So, for example, I think it's pre-season. I I done well pre-season. Didn't play, so I I earned the right to have that conversation with with Dean Smith at the time. So yeah. I always feel as though I've got to earn the right first, otherwise someone can just come back to me and hit me with. Oh yeah, yeah, but some stats or something. And you're like, oh, hang on, yeah, you're probably right there. Interesting. And so, is that what's presented to you? So let so let's take Dean Smith for example. So you knock on the door or kick the door in, depending on how much you you think you've got the right to to be in the team. Dean Smith says, "Come in." You open the door. Then what happens? And you then presented with the stats as to why you're not in the team. It it, it depends. No, you saw. The conversation I had with, to be fair, at the time, 
at the time it was my wife had just was just about to give birth. It was we played Luton. Can we play Luton at home? Yes. And I, I I went to go and see him because I wasn't in the squad for that game when right. I should have been. I went to go and see him because my my wife was going in for a C section. So I was like, oh look, I know the games tomorrow. Mm. Is it possible? Like I can just obviously miss the game so I can be with my wife and my family yeah. while um, she's at giving birth. And he was, he was fine with me that, fine with that. And he, he was saying, oh, I thought you were going to come and ask why you're not playing. I was like, oh, look, I know I know the situation at the moment. I know what's going on. I was just like, look, whenever you're ready to give me a chance, I said, I'm fine. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to take a chance when you're, when you're going to give me it. It's completely up to you, but I just want you to know that I'm ready. I'm not coming in here kicking off or anything because I'm not playing because yes. I've got some things going on, but I just want you to know that I'm ready for this chance when you give me it. It's super professional and it's really, um, I've never ever spoken to someone, Jordan, that's so, dare I say, fine with it. And it almost seems like there was never, uh, and I don't mean that as in a complacent, oh, I'm fine, you know, to you know take the wage and crack on, because you were clearly working hard to, to get in the team and you've had those conversations before. But was there never a period of, of frustration? Was there never a period where you were like, how am I not getting in the team? Or, or do you just say to yourself, Timu Puki, the, the goat, is just banging goals in for fun. And, and you know, do you feel unlucky? Do you feel frustrated? Was it ever like... What do you I think, think at that point of the conversation, I was that far down the line. I'd gone through every emotion earlier in the season. So I was... Right. Not that I wasn't bothered. It was more that I've got bigger things on at the moment. But it, And then it was, it was more of a refresh to say to him that, look, I'm still ready for a chance. Like, don't you forget that I'm not ready for this. Mm. For example, I... I so the, the whole thing with me this year was, I was, so I, when I was at Cardiff last year, I think I said this in Connor's interview, I was at Cardiff last year, I was called back for a week's training to obviously meet Dean Smith because I'd obviously not met him. Yeah. And in the conversation, the lad, all the lads had one-to-ones and the lone boys didn't. So I was like, look, I need, I need to know where I stand for next year. Otherwise, if I'm not wanted, then I can move on. So I went to go and see him. I, I was like, no, nah, I, I want a one-to-one, so I need to know I need to know this this stuff. So I went to go and see him and he was like, look, Jordan, he was like, obviously I know what's happened this year. He was like, this this team isn't mine. He's like, whoever comes back in the best shape, does the best pre-season, will play. He said, it's a fight for that shirt and you've got to fight for it. I'm like, look, that's all I wanted to hear. And that's that bit of hope that I wanted because mm. that's it's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And then so I go away pre-season and I've I work the hardest I've ever worked that preseason ever, and I come back in the best shape I've ever been in. I'm smashing all the tests for me. Um, the fittest I've ever been. I'm the leanest I've ever been, and then I have the best preseason I've ever had. To then come the first game of the season, and I'm off. I'm I'm not even. I'm on the bench. And I'm, I'm I was a bit. Oh, what's like, what's going on here? So and then that's when I had the first conversation with, and I was like, look, like. You told me all this stuff. Oh, and in the meantime as well, he says to me and my agent, he's like, look, if Jordan does what I've told him, I'll be the first one to ring you and go to Stuart to give him a new contract. I was like, oh, that's, that's what I wanted because I wanted to, I, I love I loved Norris. My family was settled. Mm. I had my house, I had everything. So it was like, oh, perfect. Exactly what I wanted to hear. So as I said, done everything pre-season. First game comes round and not I am not playing. I don't think I'm not. Did I come on? I might have come on, but I didn't. Didn't start anyway. And that's what I was going for. Right. And um, on that, sorry, there's even more. He Go says on. to me in that meeting that he doesn't see Sarge as a striker. He sees him as a winger. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm like, okay. So that's me, Adam, and Pookie, like what he was in Championship winning season. So I'm like, all right, perfect. So then I'm going going to see him. I was like, well, look, why why am I not playing? Like you've I've done everything that's been asked of me. Like, what, what's going on? And then he's just like, oh, obviously, Pookie's reputation in the championship and all this, and, uh, and started saying, I'm like, yeah, but I'm just going off what you've told me. I've earned the right, like, what, what's going on? And don't get me wrong, Pookie championship, like, CV is unbelievable, and I, I've never, I, I think he's unbelievable person, unbelievable player. But I, I was just fighting my own corner from this pre-season that I had. And he was like, oh, yeah, 
Pookie's like, obviously we're going to have to play him and all this. I'm like, that, yeah, all right, no problem. I can understand that. Jordan, quick pause, mate. Sorry to interrupt you. Hang on, I, I, I need to just probe into that. What do you mean um, we just have to play team in Pookie? Is that because of the fact that he had offers and stuff? Is that is that what you're... No, it, was just, it, was just, it was just the fact of his his resume in the, in the championship, which I can't I can't argue with because obviously last two times in the championship, he scored, what, 60 goals, 50, yeah. 50 goals? I mean, it's a lot more than my 15, that was for sure. But <laughs> as I said, it was... So I can I can understand that. I can I can hold my hands up, but right, fair enough. But when I get a chance, I'm going to take it. Yeah. And we played Holloway. And then uh, I get a knock on the door before the game. So I'm... I'm traveling to all these games still. Obviously, my wife's pregnant. I'm traveling to still all these games. Yeah. And I get a knock on the door. It's Dean Smith. I look for I look for my people. It's Dean Smith. I'm like, I've got no top on. I'm like, <laughs> I guess. like shit myself. I was like, oh, like room was a mess. No top on. I'm like, I was like, Gaffer, everything all right? He's like, yeah, have a word. I'm like, oh. as soon as you hear them words in football, you know that's you get the bullet. That's it. So um so, so let him in. It's like, oh yeah, I just I just don't think you I think I see Sarge as um oh, I think I'm I'm playing I'm going with Sarge today. I think he played him on the wing as well, on the bench. Because I think he was just coming back from his injury. Right, yeah. It's like Sarge is going on the bench and um I just see him more he's more athletic than you. And I'm like, what? He's like, I just see him more I more of an athlete than you. I'm like all right, okay. So then I'm out the squad, and then it's from there. I was just like, oh well, I know kind of what's happening now. But interesting. See what, see where this goes. But but yeah, it was. It's just one of the things. But the, the worst thing was, is obviously, I'm traveling to games still. My wife's heavily pregnant, and I'm yeah. then I'm being I'm being left out of the squad. I, I'm not like a 16 year old kid where I'm like, oh, it's brilliant experience just to travel with the lads. I've got a a family at home and a heavily pregnant wife who's like could give birth. It was a Watford game. It was like two weeks before my wife was going to give birth. And um I'm get told in the hotel that, oh yeah, you're not in the squad. I'm like, well, just mm. think about it. Just leave me at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, your squads before. Yeah. Before you even picked them. So, so, so it's fair to say you did have a frustrating period with Dean Smith at the helm. What, was there ever a time like that with Daniel Farker or did he man-manage you to perfection the whole time? There was, like, when you're not playing, you're always frustrated. No matter what footballer tells you. Right. You are, you because that's, that's what you're paid to do. Isn't it? You're, you're paid to play football. Yeah. And when you're not playing football, yeah, it's it's not the greatest. But I, I found that year we got promoted that I was given more chances. So, for example, I knew that when Pookie would go away on international, he'd never play the game after. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I quite knew, good when you were going to play. <laughs> so I knew that there'd be chances down the line for me. Yeah. So I, I was always ready for, for, for them chances. And I knew that being a good teammate, being a good person around people as well, it it's pushing people for more. Like I'd always, no matter if I wasn't playing, I always wanted the person to, who was playing to do well because I got on really well with Timu and I got on really well with Adam. Same with Josh, got on really well with them all. Yeah. At first, maybe not Josh because I thought I had to. I apologise to Josh as well. Did you? Yeah, I apologise to him because I thought because when he came in um, that prem season, right? Um, I, didn't, I didn't feel as I was being myself with him. Like I was kind of just keeping him just a bit away because I kind of knew that was. Because the gaffer had said he was more of an athlete than you. No, so this was when he first signed. Oh, right. Okay, right. This was when he first signed when in the Prem. And I kind of just kept him like a bit away because I knew that if he's coming in, I'm getting the hook. Interesting. Kind of thing. So like when I came back in, I was like, look, Sarge, I um, just want to apologise. He didn't even notice. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. He didn't even notice, but it was me that like I had it on my chest. I was like, look, probably wasn't who I usually am with people. And I just want to apologise. He was like, oh, I didn't even know. I said, fine, don't worry about it. And then from there, we had a really good relationship. Uh, that's good. That's like, good. I, was always, I was always pushing everyone. I wanted people to do well because ultimately when the team does well, everybody does well. 
Yeah, I'm, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna probe into your into your character in a minute. I've got a couple of um, good questions on that, but I actually want to bring up that preseason because you had an absolute flyer, as you said, um, and uh, I like it. It's not ever that. Mate, we call it the miracle of Marseille. We couldn't <laughs> believe our eyes. The yellow arm, you're at home like, what? <laughs> Not just the fact that you'd, you'd, you'd banged a couple in. You were having, I think you'd scored, what, what's, what do my notes here say? Uh, twice in that game, four goals in, a, in as many games as well. Um, and so you you were flying. And I. this is actually more of a statement, I guess. Like, I want you to know that Norwich fans wanted you to have a chance that season. Like, I want you to know that because after that preseason, we were like, this this could be the the, the season of Hugh goals. And I, did you feel that from the fans? I felt it from everywhere and I felt it more importantly. As I said, it was, I had that carrot dangled in front of me of that, that bit of hope saying that, like, you could get a new contract, mm-hmm. you're going to play. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to to play. I wanted to earn a new contract. I wanted I wanted all that stuff because I knew that was coming at my last year. So I was yes. like, look, if I, hit, if I hit the ground running, because at the time as well, Sarge was injured. Pookie yeah. had been away with the national. Adam was yeah. injured. So I was only the 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 only fit striker. So I knew if I got a good full preseason to me, it was going to put me ahead of everybody else, mm. which kind of didn't really go that way. <laughs> That's what the thought was. I think yeah. I, I think I thought my thinking was correct. But yes, yes, that's interesting. Can, can I, it seems absolutely. Uh, I I have to be. I, I feel it's important to be brave in these interviews and not just sort of you know be wishy washy and fluffy with you and give you easy questions. I have to ask you, Jordan. Like, what is your take on the the Dean Smith saga? Because it is obviously very obvious that. You know, he was heavily under fire from the Norwich City faithful in terms of not just the results, but the performances as well. You know, how do you feel about that that time with him at the helm? Look, it it, it was it, it was frustrating for me anyway because of what was going on for me and what I'd been one, what I'd been told, what I'd been like obviously put in front of me. Yeah. It was basically telling me everything that I wanted to hear and giving me a challenge that was was there for me, which ultimately I felt as always a challenge. Maybe he thought I was never going to get, I don't know, but don't get me wrong. I got on, I got on well with him. Yeah. Got on really well with him. It was just, obviously when you're not playing football, it's hard to, it's especially after that number of time, like the length it went on. Yeah. Because I felt as all this season, I've had to pick myself up off the ground so many times. I've had so many kickbacks. And it's been, it has been tough for me. Mm. So, as I said, he was a nice enough fella, but it's it's just when you keep giving someone hope and then crushing it and then giving them hope and then crushing it again, like there's only so much you can you can deal with. Interesting. Do you, were, were you, are you, you don't have to name names, obviously. Are you the only player that feels that way about Dean Smith or do you think others had their hopes sort of crushed as well? I, I, I don't know. I think... I, it was it was never really up for this. Everyone knew my situation because of how well I'd started. Yeah. I even had I was having lads come to me going, like so we started the season, the lads were going, Why are you not playing? I'm like Really? I'm like, I don't know. I was like I was like, Why why is he not bringing you on? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you like, like what do you what, what more do you want me to do? Like I'm training yeah. well, I'm I've done what I did pre-season. Like I feel as I've earned it, but I, mm. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm sat on the bench and I had conversations with him. I'm, I'm like I spoke to the first team coach, uh, Liam Brandley. I was like, yeah. I was like, is my name even coming up for discussion here when you're making subs? Interesting, like, because you're looking back and it's it's either nil nil or we're drawing or we're losing, and you're looking back and you're putting on. A midfielder, you're putting on a fullback, you're putting everybody else on, but me, I'm thinking, have I done something to you? Like, am I, have I pissed someone off or something? Like, yeah. what's what's going on here? Like, are you even discussing my name to bring me on? Like, because in the games that we were playing, <laughs> the worst thing is, I feel as though they were crying out for me to come on and change the yeah. game. Yes, yes, I agree, I agree, absolutely, mate. Because I'm watching, I'm watching from the sideline, and this is why the lads are coming up to me going, 
you need to be playing. Like, you need to be coming on. And I'm like, I can't just bring myself on. I can't yeah. bring myself on. And it must be like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please bring me on. If it, the thing is, well, Jordan, is like, it, it's different when your mates are telling you as well, right? If you're thinking it, you're like, oh, maybe I'm overthinking, yeah. maybe being a bit needy, a bit of a, uh, I don't know, a diva about it. But actually, if the lads are telling you, you that's going to almost pour petrol on your fire. But what I'm noticing here, Jordan, is there's a distinct difference in what you're saying about being on the sidelines under Smith compared to Daniel Farker. Now, I've actually got a quote from Daniel Farker, which I thought was superb. And he said... In a in a piece of um, in a piece of content online that you're a key player, I d- I don't just rate a player because of his minutes and his impact on the pitch. You don't win a title or promotion just as eleven players, a leader in our dressing room, and one of the main topics. He loved the word topics, didn't he? Yeah. Why we were promoted. So what? This is the thing that almost I, I'm a bit almost a bit confused, Jordan. Like, how has that changed? Because he, you were clearly doing so much of the right stuff for him to like publicly praise you for you know being on the sidelines, and then all of a sudden you're alienated. I'm like, I, d- I don't really understand. Don't get me wrong. I was doing the exact. I've done the exact same stuff from when I started my career to the end of my career. It doesn't matter what I've done. So I've, I've always, I'd like to think I've always been a good teammate. I've always yeah. been a good person. I've always been. I, I've always wanted to help people, even if I'm not playing. I've always wanted to push people, like. Nothing had changed for me. Like, mm. and as I said, like from like that's probably one of the nicest things someone said to me about, about me in the press. And like, don't get me wrong, I still look at that article nowadays. I'm going, yeah, I was important in that season as well. I might not have played as much, but I yeah. like it. it did have my effect, even if it was my tunes in the changing room before the games or something. I don't know. And the fans, the fans, one hundred percent think that Jordan. So never ever think that you're uh, not entitled to that opinion because one hundred percent the fans really, really know that you were an integral part in that. Season. I'd like to think that I just enjoyed playing football and just had fun. I yeah, just, I just wanted to have fun because in the, the day I probably shouldn't have been a footballer before, so I just wanted to make the most of it <laughs> and have fun. What was what was um? We always ask this question as well, Jordan. If you weren't going to be a footballer, what what would it have been? I was a bartender. No, you weren't. Yeah. So I, I went before my career. So I started playing at twenty one. Yeah. So from from nineteen to twenty one, you were serving I, the Jager bombs. Ah, yeah. I was serving the Jager bombs. Yeah, I was mixing cocktails, pulling pints. Really interesting. And then I, I I so I tore my crew shit when I was nineteen, and. I was on job seekers allowance. Wow. Had to find a job behind the bar. I had to find a job, so I went work behind a bar. So then, when I started getting, when I was back from my knee, I was playing non-league, working behind the bar, and then I got my break at Port Vale when I'm 21. And I could just feel but the thing is, cooking them, but I could do <laughs> unbelievable mojito. That's my thing, mojito. Last mojito. But but honestly, John, what comes through from that? I think your life experience comes through and your attitude because you're clearly very grateful to be in the position that you're in. And um and I, and actually, I do want to say as well, John, a massive thank you because you've clearly always been humble and stayed in touch with what's important in life. Because I vividly remember during that that lockdown season, of course, when we kicked off our TNC watch-alongs um, when my £250 donation notification came in from, from Jordan Hugill. Um, like, we were buzzing, and it's a massive amount of money, so so thanks for that, mate. I, I really, really do appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. It was actually quite fun to watch. I used to, like, uh, see all the clips on the Twitter all the time. It was class. When you had a bigger? <laughs> mate, well, well, we, we won't get any more on alcohol. Um, We've spoken about that title-winning season numerous times. And as always, we ask our guests for their Norwich City 11, their best 11. So, Jordan, we have got your 11 here for the fans to see. Talk us through some of these players, Jordan. And I guess I guess there's no better place to start than our, than our number one. But before you do that, I'm going to read you a message that Tim Krull sent me before... Uh, before the show um i said look jordan's coming on to me um you know what's jordan like you know give give me something about him and he said hugill top top guy dj hugill (laughs) got those tunes going before every game i'm going to miss him so um timmy cruel 
What a bloke. And were, yeah. were you the DJ in the dressing room? The Dutch Geordie, we called him. The Dutch, the, the Dutch what? The Dutch Geordie. Dutch Geordie, right. Okay. We, we call him the Dutch duvet sometimes because he keeps so many clean sheets. We don't, we, me and Gibbo call him the Dutch Geordie. I love that, man. He's got a Geordie accent every now and again. So Tim crawls in there. How yeah. important is he for you in between the sticks? And particularly at the moment, right? Because he's getting a lot of stick for his mistake at the weekend. Oh, Tim's class. Tim is class. Like, really, really. He's such a good goal. And that, that year as well, what is he? Did he get the goal? Um, the golden, was it Golden Glove? Did he? I don't remember that. Did he Did get he? that? He was, he was either got it or he was very, very close oh, to getting okay. it. Right, okay. I know, because I, I only know because Gibble was obsessed with clean sheets. Yes, and he's obviously made your team as well. Yeah. You had to put him in, though, really, because he's your bezzy mate, isn't he, surely? Yeah, I'd leave him on the bench if I didn't want him. <laughs> um, he'd probably kill me if I didn't put him in anyway. But no, he's um, that year. I mean, the only person who didn't really play that year is Byram. But yes. I've known Byram since he was at West Ham, and I know how good of a player he actually is. Yeah. And, and you must help him with his injuries, right? Oh, all the time, yeah. I'm always, it's, it's obviously he's, he's come out and gone through what he's gone through and all this and um, really brave of him to do so. And obviously you can see it sometimes when, when he's struggling, but all I want for him is just to get himself going again, just to trust his body because he's, he's one hell of a player when he's playing, by the yeah. way. Big, I, I, he's nasty as well, you know, he comes across really nice. Really? He, oh, he'll kick you. Really? I didn't know he had a nasty streak. I mean, yeah, we, were, we, we were singing um, bloody Byron for England when he came on it, when he played that game against Man City, when we when, when we won 3-2 at home. And uh, so he's, he's clearly got it in him and obviously just played by injuries, which is just such a crying shame. Jordan, yeah. take us through this. Take us through this midfield. Let's move up into the midfield. Ollie Skip, Kenny McLean. Um, we all know how good Skip is, but, you know, let's have a few words on the... Uh, on the Scottish Iniesta, because again, a player that's perhaps been made into a bit of a scapegoat in in seasons gone by. You know, what's what's Kenny like? How important is Kenny to to a Norwich City team? Kenny's massive. Kenny's massive to the changing room to the team. Kenny's a big part of Norwich, and I think without him, they're significantly weaker. Really, really, I, I, I do think that. I think Kenny. I think Kenny's class. I got. Yeah. I was. I was really close with Kenny as well. And um, yeah, I think he's. I think he's brilliant. His left foot's a wand as well. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure that during the title celebrations, um, you uh, gave him a few of your mojitos. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, Jordan, uh, let's now move up up a line. Um, Dowell Dino, Emmy Buendia, Todd Campwell. Um, talk us through those boys and, and why you put them in the team. I mean, Buendia was frightening. Absolutely frightening. I think he said for himself when he got when he signed for Villa for what's it thirty five million he went for in the end. Yeah. Oh, he was he was a little pit bull as well. He wasn't he if he wasn't happy you'd know about it. Really? Oh, he was that big, but he would kick people if he wasn't happy. Really? Okay. An angry Argentinian. (laughs) He was so angry. Was he angry behind the scenes as well as on the pitch, John? Because I know that oh, he was training out of Reds. He's training. Oh my god! Like if you did something like you didn't like, you're getting kicked by. He'd, he'd go around and kick you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? He's a little so pit bull. You all the time because you were one. He was a little pit bull, but you had him on your team, and he was he was unbelievable. Interesting. Very interesting. A man that I really do want to talk about, very topical at the moment, given his recent statement on Instagram, obviously moved to Rangers, is is Todd Cantwell, um, a player that obviously one of our own and um, has scored some fantastic goals against some of the biggest uh, teams in, in the country, but yet is a player that's been heavily criticised by the fan base. So why have you put Toddy in the team, Jordan? And what's he like behind the scenes? Because I think... Well, what's he like behind the scenes? You answer that. Todd Cantwell is probably one of the nicest lads I've ever met in football. Wow. One of the nicest lads. Well, wow, and big statement, because you've been to a lot of clubs, right? So He's like, he, you, obviously, you see all the stuff that goes on social media and stuff, and look, mm. he's entitled to do that. And 
I've had conversations with him before about his social media, but because right. obviously when so when I first came at the club, you judge people off what you see. Yeah. And I I I'd obviously seen Todd's socials. I was like, oh here we go. But like when I'm I, I had the conversation with him, I said, look, Todd, when I first like when I first knew I was coming here, I seen you, I was like, oh god, what am I getting into here? But then when I actually met him, he's one of the nicest lads. I've had, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting. So it's almost like the social media and the the man is completely different, right? And is yeah. that is that why do you think he's misunderstood? Or I, I don't know. I, I I I think it's because he wants to do so well. Mm. He wanted to do so well because he's from Norwich. All his friends and his family from Norwich. He's came through the academy. You find that with local people that you, yeah. they just want to do so so well, mm. and. Don't get me wrong, I feel as though he can, he can do very, very, very well because he's an unbelievable player, which is why he's in my team. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and he's, he's, he's an unbelievable human being as well. He just wants to help and he wants people to be happy. That's good to hear from your perspective, mate, because obviously there's a lot of stuff flying about on social media at the moment. So it's good to get your judge of character. And <laughs> we have to talk about him. Perhaps a man that's given you nightmares is is t you've not put yourself in the team after all that chat, Jordan. You've given it to Timu again. He's taken your place. I told, so, you, I told, you, I told you when he scores his hat trick, I'm on. <laughs> so you want him to? Is that the way you want it to go? Not, he can score hat tricks. So I'll come on. It's like when um, when we played Huddersfield at home, we won seven nil. He scored a hat trick. Then I came on and scored yeah. as well. <laughs> so exactly right. like that. I love that, mate. And I love the relationship you've clearly got with Timu because it, and that, I think that sort of sums you up as a, as a bloke, Jordan. I, re I really do to, to, to be able to, to be able to talk about Timu in, in that light and not get frustrated. Um, what about Ben Gibson, Jordan? What's your relationship like with, with Gibbo? Obviously, you're a couple of borrowed boys and, and uh, you kindly gave us a quote for, for the Ben Gibson podcast that we did. What's Gibbo like behind the scenes and, 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 and how do you rate him as a bloke? Depends what have you got from him. Well, I, I was going to say if you were going to pull out a quote, he's not giving me anything. He's been he's been busy, rather busy with the birth of his of his new baby boy, Jordan. So uh, I've not got anything from him. I mean, Gibbo, were like I'd probably say we we'd argue like brothers. Really? Oh, <laughs> we'd argue like brother about anything and everything. Really? Like, playing, card, playing cards at the back, it was like it become a thing. Yeah, it's become a thing for my Dan the chef. It's like, oh, Hugo's arguing with Gibbo again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we 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 both want to do well. We both yeah, want yeah. Gibbo wants to wants to do we do well, and I do. And we always used to like we 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 be at each other constantly, but like we we loved each other really. Like we got on well really well with each other. Yeah, he, he, it, was like, um, it was like it was like, it was like brothers. Yeah, that's class, mate. And obviously, you've, you've spent many an hour together, obviously, on away games and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it's interesting to get your, your thoughts on, on good old Gibbo. Um, well, and used to, everything used to, like, if there was some, like, banter going on at the training ground, 90% of it would be me and Gibbo. Really? Okay. Um, can you divulge in a bit of uh, training ground banter, any sort of classic sort of stitch-ups or anything you can uh, quickly think about and share, Jordan, <laughs> without getting the club in a, in a legal battle? <laughs> I once super glued Chris Bud everything on Chris Bud's desk down. Chris Bud's a um, massage therapist. Yeah, you super glued everything down? On his desk, yeah. <laughs> so he, had a, he had his mouse... He had his mouse mat, his mouse, his laptop, yeah, his drink, yeah, and I think a pair. He had a pair of super glue trainers to the top as well. Really? That, was one of the, that was one of the things I used to love. Super glue. <laughs> super, super glue was the one. Stitch up. I love that, mate. That's that's absolutely superb. What wasn't superb, Jordan? Sorry to bring you that back down to earth. Is it's fair to say, in my opinion, your loan spells away from Norwich, West Brom, Cardiff. How did you navigate that period? Because I remember seeing some of the stuff on social media towards you. Um, that must have been really tough, that period, Jordan. Oh, I still get abused by West Brom fans now. I was really? only there six months. Really? I get abused. Yeah. Saying the worst strike in the championship. I'm like, well, I must be doing something right still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
It's becoming but, a running joke between me and my missus saying, like, why are they still bothering? Like, why are they bothered? Mm-hmm. And, and I, Jordan, that's interesting as well, because you because you um you share you share a piece there about social media, and obviously the missus has read it. Is that always the case? We spoke to Kenny about this, and he was saying, you know, his family's read stuff, and then obviously it then gets back to him, and it can, it can really affect your mentality and your performance, can't it? So when so I, when I was at West Ham, like I was getting like dogs abuse from the moment I signed, I was getting dogs abuse. Right. Okay. And um, I kind of like said to myself from there, I said, look, because I used to, everyone does it. People say they don't do it, but they do it. They, they'll search the name and see what's being said. Right. People, everyone does it. And whoever says they don't do it is a liar. I did it. And then the, the one of the best, well, not a liar, but one of the best things I ever did was stop doing it. Really? Okay. And since I did that, I kind of, I played my best football at QPR. I just, then I just stopped caring what people, th- people thought of me because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not for everyone. I know that the, the way I play, it's not easy on the eye. I'm not for everyone. <laughs> it's a, I'm not, but I know, but I know that, and I pride actually pride myself on being being that footballer because I'm very good at it. Well, that's why Snoddy likened you to Grant Holt, right? Maybe exactly. a bit, exactly. bit of, of shit outer in there, Jordan. I'd like to think so, but that's what I'm really good at. But like. So I stopped looking for it because at the end of the day, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. But like, so I went up and then I went to West Brom and then like, I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't think the manager actually wanted me. Right. Okay. So you weren't signed, signed by him, right? I don't, I, I don't know if I was signed by him, but right, okay. I think because he was at, it was Valerian Ishmael, he was at Barnsley. And at the time he couldn't get Daryl Dyke because he was playing in America. Yes. So I think it kind of got stuck in me and it didn't really play. So, and again, knocking on people's doors. And I go and knock on his door and I, and I go, oh, look, look, why am I not playing? Obviously, I've come here on loan from Norwich. Like, I want, I come on to play. And he goes, Jordan, he goes, there'll be a time when um, when you play. I'm like, oh, brilliant, when's this? He's like, when the weather gets shit and the pitches, I'm oh, sorry, when the pitches, when the weather gets cold and the pitches are shit, <laughs> That's time, no, but at the time I didn't I didn't click on. Right. So I'm like, okay, okay. And I've come out the office and I'm t- I'm looking at Snoddy and I'm I'm going, eh, like what's Oh and yeah, because Snoddy's there at that point, isn't yeah, he? Yes. So I'm talking to Snoddy and I've gone, I think he's just called me like, like a League Two conference player there. Like, I don't like a rubbish League Two. I'm like, he's just told me that. When the, I'm only going to play when the weather gets cold and the pitches get shit, and I'm thinking, <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh no! As you can imagine, from that point on, it my changed. Confidence, my confidence just went. Interesting. Wasn't playing, and then became basically a professional darts player at West Brom. <laughs> Mate, that's going to annoy the, the the West Brom fans. I'll make sure I don't clip that, just in case the West Brom fans I, get hold honestly, of it. I, I was playing more darts every day with Jason Malumbi, Snoddy, <laughs> playing games because he just wasn't playing me. He wasn't playing me, and then he, he that's left me. Crazy. That's and crazy, people, mate. That's crazy. I was trying to get like to come back to Norwich, and then obviously they couldn't do it. Do that, so I ended up going to Cardiff, and actually thought I did really well at Cardiff. Yeah, and I remember you did you score in your school new debut, didn't you? Yes, got my debut and did that. Yes, yes, yes. No, actually, what it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the Hulk Hogan. Ah, okay. But instead it was... It was... Yeah. Right, okay. Interesting, interesting. And, John, before we... Uh, <laughs> before we film this, obviously I've, I've done my research and as, as you know, I've, I've you know, spoken to the lads. Um, I want to ask you about uh, the trip to Tampa Bay uh, I think that um, you you had you had quite a good time away at, at, at Tampa Bay. How did that that trip go? That team bonding trip go? And perhaps you'd like to share a, a story from that with me. Do you know what it was? It was it was a good trip. Obviously, we we got sponsors and stuff out there, so it was 
I've never been to Tampa, so it was another city that I'd, I'd now been to. It was, it was it was nice. It was a good, it was a good trip. We, had, we we trained at um, Tampa Bay Rowdy Stadium, yeah. which was not far from where we were staying. And then obviously the families could go out, but my wife had just given my birth like a month earlier, so she couldn't couldn't go. So it was there was like a group of lads there by themselves. So we were just hanging around every day and it was kind of like you train and then you had your free time because obviously the family was and stuff were there. Yeah. But there was like scheduled events that we had to go to. Right. One of, them, one of them was we had to go to a Tampa Bay Lightning game, which was the NHL. Yeah. So we had this big, massive box and it was cl- like the ice hockey is classic. The first time I've ever been, it was brilliant. I've never seen it. It's good. Oh, it was brilliant uh, within the first 10 seconds of this game fellas got the gloves off and just like whacking everyone we were like <laughs> what is this he said this is class and so so yeah we um we went there and like obviously during like the breaks they go around with the camera to try and get all the fans to like get like to do something stupid yeah. we had a buffer behind us and before we go the lads were like, we're out have a beer and stuff so then before we go, the manager goes, look, lads, you're allowed to have a beat tonight. You just remember you're representing Norwich City and all this and just be, just be chill. So we're like, all right, sound. The buffet behind us and there was like loads of cookies. So we had like, I had about five cookies stacked up. I had to put it in front of me ready. So I was like, if this camera comes on me, them cookies are getting it. So for like every time there's a breaking player, that me and Dowley were like this. <laughs> doing this, trying to get me on the camera, and we yeah. were doing it for ages, like for the full third quarter, fourth quarter, we were doing it just trying to get on the because it was a bit of banter, like yeah. oh, Hugo, Hugo loves his scrat and all this, like so we were, we were, we were doing it for ages, dallying, and then um, yeah, all of a sudden, camera comes on me, yeah, <laughs> camera comes down on me. So like Dowley's gone, you're on and I've just gone, grab these cookies, I've gone, cookies everywhere in my mouth. <laughs> All the lads buzzing right. and the reds off. I, I look across down there, the gaffer's sat there like this. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh but it was one of the funniest things. It was worth it. It was worth oh, Dino being annoyed. Every, it could have been worse. It could have been like a Pint and it's got like that. Yeah, true. Very true. I'm surprised. I went, I went for the more sensible option. How is that? I mean, how is the that nutritionist was sat there as well, and he was like looking at <laughs> How did that? How has that not got out yet? How have we not seen a picture? Oh, of that? we were trapped. Do you know what? We were tried like anything to try and find this clip, but we can't we find, find it. it. Oh, well, find it. Yeah. unless you can, unless you can get it off Tampa, it would be the best clip ever. Well, to our American listeners, do us a favour. Try and find Jordan Hugel on camera scoffing oh, those cookies. We we need to see that. We do need to see. Oh, we. It was, there's another story as well. Come on, like, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we went to Tampa, people were allowed. Like we had a week off because obviously the World Cup. We had a week off. Yes, go away. And the um, Pete the Kitman took his missus away. It was like lovely, and he got no. When you get Pressure didn't have getting them professional photos like on the beach with your missus. Oh yes, yes. He got that. He went to Antigua and he got that. So he ended up doing a full-on photo shoot. Yeah. Lads have got all of these pictures, and we've managed to get it on the big screen. But and then we found out Pete's got his missus saved in his phone as Sean Kingslin. Like, right. And then Sean from Kingslin, not her actual name. <laughs> so then we've got a message on saying. Um, Congratulations to the, to the seal because we all call him seal to the seal and Sean Kings Lynn on their engagement and got this picture. There's a video, I think there is a video of this one, yeah. That the lads have got because we knew it was coming, we lined it up perfectly. But yeah, as these announcements were coming on, he's turned away to go and get something from the buffet. We were like, No, oh, Pete, get back here now. And as he's coming back, he's got a bit of cheese in his mouth, and the thing comes on the screen. <laughs> I love that, mate. How good are the kit boys, by the way? Get a word on the kit, then. Class, love them, love them both to like bits. John Boy and John Boy and Pete, yeah. love them to bits. Brilliant Did guys. Do anything for you? Brilliant guys, and hugely care about the club. And I, I think actually, 
unsung heroes on many levels actually you know what there's a lot there's a lot of them within the club obviously there's there's vicky who works at training ground who does like the serves all the food there's belinda who washes the kit as well like there's so many people and i like to think that i'd always go in and speak to everyone and that i'd I had to go back in and see Vicky before I left as well. Just say bye. Right. And it was it was it sad and, and, oh, and... Vicky, Vicky was Vicky almost cried her eyes out when I left the first time to go on loan. Oh really? Oh okay, blimey. So clearly you're loved there. Uh, who who will who will you miss, Jordan, from, from the who, <laughs> who will you miss the most? I know it's a soppy question, but oh, which, which who, who who will it be? Which is the one player where you think He's a sod, but I'll miss there's, him. You know what? There's, there's there's not one person I can name. I can just say all of them. Really? I enjoy going in and speaking to everyone and having a bit of crack with everyone. There's not like... Obviously, we we there was a, like the older lads like me, Kenny, Gibbo, Granny. We were quite close. Yeah. Because obviously, we were the same age and yeah. the same thing going on. We had young kids. Obviously, Gibbo didn't, but we, we were like kind of similar and we were quite similar banter and stuff like that. So, but... I can say like everyone, even the staff, I enjoy going in and I just had hammer the staff as well. Like everyone got trekked the same way as what they would if they were one of the players. That's class, mate. That's so good. And we are, uh, the, the Norwich fans are sorry to see you leave. Um, you know, we, we, we really do respect all of the, all of the work you've, you've, you've put in for our football club and your professionalism. You've always been a, a consummate professional. That's very obvious. Not just what you've said, but also your actions speak louder than your words on many levels. Everyone talks the world of a few goals. Let's, let's talk about Rotherham, where you're at now. Um, wh- what does success look like for you there, Jordan? Because um, the, I'm sure the, the Millers fans watching and listening to this will, will be interested to know, what does success look like for Hugh Goals at Rotherham? For me personally, it's it's getting back playing and getting amongst the goals again. But for us as a, as a team now, it's just to try and climb as high as we can up the table until the end of the season. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the aim. And as I said, it's... It's not going to be easy because the championship's not easy. We 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 all know that. But as I said, I'd like to think that I've added more than just the goals and games to to that team, and hopefully we can help push each other. I mean, they made a lot of good signings as well, so I'd like to think that we 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 can do it. So a few clubs that you'll have a point to prove against this season, shall we say as well? Any club that you're particularly looking forward to playing, or can you not divulge? I'm looking for like look. I am looking forward to coming back to Carroll Road, but I'd I'd like to think that we can. It's not just a more of like oh I want to. I don't need to prove anyone wrong at Norwich. You're I not going to score. You're not going to score against us and give it that, are you? Because that's it. I'll delete this interview. I got a lot more respect now. Look, look, as I said, it's I'm not going to be. I'm looking forward to coming back just to see the people and obviously say bye to the fans and stuff because at the end of the day I didn't really get to say bye to them because I didn't play so (laughs) it'd be nice to to do that and hopefully I'd like to think I'd get a good reception as what I did anyway when I warmed up but it's I'd like to think that I can go and give an account a good account of myself as well to prove to them what like what I was about and I know that they know that what I was about anyway but just for peace of mind I can imagine that you'll uh, you'll be um, waiting for a few heavy challenges, uh, maybe perhaps uh, trying to win a penalty off Gibbo. Um, hopefully, you don't succeed against Norwich City, Jordan. I I sincerely hope you 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 succeed at Rotherham. You've been an absolute joy to to chat with today. Uh, any final words for the Norwich City fans watching and, and and listening around the world? Any words for the Yellow Army? No, thank you for everything. As I said, you've you've given me a lot throughout my time here. And it, well, time there anyway, I'm not there anymore. It's, uh, yeah, it's obviously it was quite emotional having to leave, but at the end of the day, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do for you and your family. And I think going in Rotherham was the best thing for me. Security in the contract that I've been given yeah. and the belief that I've been given into me by the manager and stuff. So it's it's been, it was a decision that I, I, I feel it's all I had to make and, Obviously, it was the right one for me and my family. And obviously, it'd be nice to go back and see the faces again at Norwich. But in the, the day, I'll probably be kicking lumps out of Granty and Granty will be kicking lumps out of me. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much. That's that's all we've got time for today. My jaw hurts from smiling so much, which normally means it's a good episode. And thank you so much yeah. to 
everyone that's been uh, watching and listening to this around the world. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you give us a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Give us a tweet at Talk Norwich City. Have you enjoyed hearing from Mr. Hugh Goals himself? Let us know. We'll share all of them as always as a thanks for your support. Jordan, what do we end our podcasts on? Do you remember? What do you say? On the ball city. Yes. <laughs> <There we go. laughs>